Okay, welcome. We are Tools in the Shed, powered by Cars Guide, ready to rip into car stuff that has caught our eye this week. I'm James, and with me are Matt. G'day. Who'll be talking about a significant Audi SUV, as well as Richard, who's Hi. been looking at an old campaigner with a new lease of life. Mm. We'll discuss an electrifying topic in blowing a gasket, and we'll check in with everyone's favourite Martian, in this week's Muskwatch. So stay with us. But Matt, first of all, kick us off. An Audi. Give it a name. Give us the details. It's the Q8. All right. The details are that it's the brand's attempt at doing an SUV coupe style model, but it isn't like we've come to expect of the SUV coupe style models of the past. And that's because it isn't really very much of a coupe right. at all. Right. Um, the Q8 is a big boxy kind of thoughtfully packaged SUV so it's it's not really what you might expect of an X6 or GLE coupe rival but as the number would suggest is it any bigger than a Q7 or is it is it on the same platform as a Q7 same platform as a Q7, Q7. Yeah. it is the same wheelbase yeah. it is shorter than right. a Q7 yeah. lower uh-huh. than a Q7 but wider so it's it's uh, pushing things a bit to describe it as a coupe in the style of a X6, X4 BMW yeah. or a GL, GLE Coupe, GLE coupe yeah. and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, so it's not really... That's where it's being pitched, but it's not really that sort of yeah. vehicle. Are you suggesting that it might even be practical? Because an X6 and an X4 <laughs> certainly aren't. Okay, <laughs> well, if if I'm sitting behind my own position yep. in an X6 or a GLE coupe, yep. my head's brushing the roof, yep. Yep. Um, yep. I'm not comfortable, it doesn't feel like a very enjoyable place to be because of that really raked roof yep. line and the window line being smaller and you sort of just sort of, ooh, this is uncomfortable. Yep. Right. Not, not the case in the Q8. So right. um, it's it's a different, it's a really well-packaged SUV. I mean... It is and it isn't because it's a huge vehicle. vehicle. But it's, you know, realistically, you probably want to only have four people inside it, not All right. five. All right. Um, it does have sliding back seats yep. and it's got a big big boot, um, which okay. is good. Five-seater? Five seats, yep. yeah. The thing yep. it says to me is it's a bit like Hollywood. Um, mm. You know, on the, on the outside, oh, we're so innovative and we're so creative. Hollywood's as conservative as all get out. All yeah. they want to do is remakes. Yeah. So, okay, BMW actually comes up with a breakthrough and makes an SUV with a coupe style. So does Mercedes-Benz. Yeah. So does Audi. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. just so damn predictable, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, it sounds like the Q8 is not a you know a, a, a GLC or a GLE coupe or X6 or X4 sort no. of like shape, it sounds. No, yeah. it's it, – well, as Audi explains it, because it's got – an even number at the end of its, uh, what's that term? The nomenclature. Yeah, nomenclature. But yeah. The, there's anyway, it's got a, um, it's got an even number. So that means it's a sporty car. Yeah. So the Q2, the smallest SUV you can get from Audi, is uh, a sporty version. Mm, right. And that you know, if you look at that, so you've got a Q2. There's a Q3. Three, there's sporty. a Q5. Sporty. There's a no, no so, not sporty. so Q5's not sporty. No, it's not. Q7's not sporty. No. Q, Q3's not sporty. No. But then you've got 
Q2 and Q8. So there's gaps to be filled, right? <laughs> there's a few sporting gaps in that in that lineup. Oh, okay. Are you I think they've ma- I think they've dug a massive hole for <laughs> yeah. themselves there. BMW have done a good job of filling those gaps because yeah. you've got X1 not sporty, X2 good sporty, X3 not sporty, X4 good sporty. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Whereas Audi are trying to do that too. They're trying to do that as yeah. well. And yeah. I mean the more SUVs you can have, the better it is for your bottom line um, yeah. because these these sorts of vehicles are hugely profitable. Yeah. Um, and so because it's built on the same platform and, it, you know, it's also uh, from the Volkswagen Group perspective, you've got Bentley Bentayga mm. and Porsche Cayenne and Volkswagen Touareg, Tariq. all those vehicles on the same sort Lambo of... Urus? Yes. Yeah, on the yeah. MLB. And, and, I mean, it's, it's one of those cars where you go, well, it's... Is it... For everyone? No. No. Yep. no. But is it for a very specific buyer who wants something that isn't for everyone? Yeah. Yes. But the beauty of it, as you've just uh, alluded to, is that you don't have to go through all of those massive setup costs. This is kind of cream. Yeah. All the hard work's been done. We yeah. can just make another derivative without massive cost and start appealing to another little niche mm-hmm. and pull in some nice profit. Yeah, yeah? exactly. And it, it'll be... It'll be a good earner for Audi. It's a it's a nice car uh-huh. and it, it's you know it looks really good. I think it's probably the most convincing looking Audi SUV for a while, apart from one part of it, which is what they call the mask. Oh, what? which is the big is that silver a fetish thing. Is it? <laughs> so how does that work? Is it green well, and slips over your face when you're you driving do, the you car? Do. It is sort of yeah. on the face of the car. Showtime. It's the big surround, the silver surround on the grill. Like, you know, Audi's uh-huh. single frame grill is their, it's yeah. their trademark. Is the grill yeah. bigger than the front of the car? Almost. Does it actually go out on the <laughs> Almost. Yeah. Almost. Yeah, right. Um, but it's in this uh, smoky silver look, which doesn't quite look right to me, but... Because you can get it with a gloss black finish, of course you can. It it will maybe be so more that changes things you, you, to your eyes, mm. and just that subtle color change well, makes yeah. it a little more acceptable. I guess because you know you see so much shiny black on the front of SUVs these days and cars these days that when you get something that isn't in the norm uh-huh. and it it stands out, you sort of go, oh. Don't know if I'm ready for that. Yep. Right. And the more I looked at it, the more I thought, oh, okay, I'm getting used to it. But uh-huh. but in at first glance, you might go, oh, I think it'll look better in black. Okay. So, but well, anyway. We're going to have um, chapter and verse on that car. We will. Um, on the site in pretty short order. So people should keep their eyes peeled for that. Definitely. It's uh, it's interesting car. All right. Mm. Terrific. Mm. Now, speaking of interesting cars, it's time for a word from our sponsor. In 1914, two Aussie visionaries decided it was time for a new kind of car. After meeting face down on the floor of the Bridge Hotel in Nechuka, mates Ern Alcock and Horry Wheeler began working on their dream, and three years later the Winton Motor Company was born. Our founders knew Australians needed a rugged car for tough local conditions, with no-nonsense performance and breakthrough design. Their first production model, the 15, known to Winton enthusiasts the world over as the Mongo, was an unstoppable 15-cylinder force of nature, which set the benchmark for the Wanderers, Wildcats and Turbos that have followed in its illustrious wheel tracks. As Prime Minister Billy Hughes, standing next to the first Mongo, uttered those famous words, She's a Ute, Australians knew they had a winner on their hands. And 101 years later, Winton remains at the frontier of progress and performance, 
with the groundbreaking 2018 Winton Turbo exported to more than 100 countries. We think Earn and Horry would approve. The Winton Motor Company. Go, Australia. Great. So, look, the Frosty 5000 project uh, continues to snowball and interest has actually gone through the roof. Uh, Frosty's formed a collaboration with Flying Pigs Racing in the States, and those watching on YouTube will be able to see the latest iteration of of their track weapon and what a machine it is. Schumacher started out um, with flying pigs. With flying pigs, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The Oinka, they called it. But the Oinka, yeah, yeah. that's right. Uh, supplying Redback V9 two-strokes yeah. uh, to the team in the run-up oh. to Le Mans. He and Mark Winterbottom are currently testing the car in yes. California, so yeah. that's going on. And don't be surprised to see Frosty's protege, uh, Fernando Alonso, making a big announcement regarding his current Toyota association. Ooh. So yes. I'm, not, I'm not giving anything yes. away, but just keep your eyes peeled. And while McLaren allegedly has done a deal with Chevy for a package for Fernando at Indy next year, yes. uh, stand by for the two-time F1 champ to grid up in a Winton-powered Frosty. Wow. Uh, yeah, Look, you heard it here first. A lot of... Uh, a lot of drivers have stepped up their careers by getting into a Winton. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But um, this time, it's going to be a Frosty 5000 with Winton power bolted yeah. into the back of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're talking about a winning combination. Absolutely. <laughs> but talking of winning combinations, Richard, you have been driving a car that all of us have seen literally for decades. I want to say yeah. nearly five of them. Well, it's yeah, it's it's, it's over four. Yeah, over four. definitely. Um, and mm. what appears to be uh, the case actually isn't a lot of renewal going on under the skin. Tell us what we're talking a- about. Absolutely, this, we're talking about the Mercedes AMG G sixty three. It's the SUV which just basically shouldn't be, um, <laughs> but I'm so glad it is. Yeah, um, right. It is. Where everybody else has gone svelte and smooth and sleek and rounded, this car has kept its boxy, sort of, you know, Land Rover Defender-esque sort of shape. Um, but what they've done, and even though it looks like the last one and the last one before that and the last one before that for the last four decades, um, everything is new. It's longer, it's wider, it's taller, uh, it's more powerful. Uh, the uh, the 5.5-litre V8's gone. Uh, now we've got a twin-turbo, <clears throat> excuse me, 4-litre uh, V8. It makes 477 kilowatts, 800 oh. plus newton meters. It's two meters tall. It's bigger than me. And there aren't many cars where I can't see over the top, top of the of roof. It. Yeah. It's 190, it's 1,966 millimeters tall. Yeah. Right? So there's going to be a lot of uh, G-series cars with dirty roofs because oh, no yeah. one will ever bother Oh, to yeah. Clean. I could not reach. I tried to actually reach the center of it and I can't. But it's got side steps. I can talk about the driving uh, impression. Uh, it, it's the... I. I, I only spent a little bit of time in a lower graded version of the G-Cars in the past. It was the diesel 350, I think, uh, in years gone by. Uh, and so I can't really do a like-for-like comparison between G63s or G55s and this one. Uh, but what I can say is that uh, the, the, the car itself... Now, it's not only fast in a straight line, but when you get to a corner, uh, it doesn't want to roll over. Right. Oh, it doesn't. Um, it, no. it turns now. It turns now. So <laughs> it's got, it's got uh, air suspension. Yeah. It's got adaptive dampers. Uh, it's got double wishbones at the front now, which is, uh, you know, the, the, the previous axle didn't have that type of articulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it can go around corners, and it goes around corners not as well as a C63 or an E63, which but share that same engine. It's tall. Um, but it's tall. You do feel like you're driving a block of flats from the 13th floor. What, what, what mm-hmm. about two things come to mind mm. with that car from uh, my history with it? Is ride comfort, as in there isn't any, mm-hmm. and uh, steering response yes. in that it was 
you know, a, it's like I always used to describe it as like a lagging mouse. Yes. You yeah. know, you'd move the mouse and then finally the cursor would move yeah. on the screen. It was just, it's terrible. The yeah. old steering had a, like an articulated ball joint, yeah. um, which was really old school tech. Yeah. Um, now it's got electric power steering. Mm-hmm. So it and should. the turnings, it's still slow. Like it's still, you do, there's a lot of sort of, you know, slow geared steering, but it turns in quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, the feel and the steering is, is, is really good. Okay, great. Um, and it does inspire a little bit of sporty confidence as wow. well. Um, you do. We, you, there is a little bit of tire squeal in the corners when you're sort of pushing it, mm-hmm. and ESC does want to jump in quite quickly. Uh, but that's just the size of it. And what, what about the ride comfort? Ride comfort is great. In fact, wow. it's too good in comfort. Too yeah, good. Yeah, it's too comfortable. Um, so you know that um, I get the issue with with Jeep Grand Cherokees as well, where I find like I am just floating along. Wait, I'm oh. on a surfboard, sitting out. You know, you can't mm. feel anything. And you, you just doze off. Do I you? doze off. Right, yeah, it's very dangerous. <laughs> um, put it into sport, and um, the rebound is actually quite comfortable. Right. Um, and um, this is sport adaptive dampers, um, and the, and it's still very comfortable. Put it into Sport Plus, and things start to get a little bit more pinned down. Mm. Uh, but also, your handling improves. You, you, you handle flatter, you corner flatter. Yep. Um, so, we, we left it in Sport most of the time. Um, and that was, you know, um, brilliant. I really, really so, enjoyed side it. Side pipes? Side pipes. Still side Quad pipes? Side exhaust. Brilliant. Still one side to another. Very noisy, Easy, very loud. Great. We had people complaining about us all over the place, and that's the way you want it in a G63. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. noisy, it's loud, <laughs> and it's expensive. Because, um, because one of our colleagues, I recall, was pulled over by the police yeah. who wanted to take issue with the side pipes yeah. um, on a G63. Yeah. Uh, and the response was, well... Really take it up with the government because well, it's ADR it. compliant. Mm. We got we got pu- we all got pulled over by the police, right? Now I can mention this because nobody was going over the speed limit and the cop didn't know what to get us for. But because we all came around the corner going <laughs> like this, he just pulled us over and he's like, What's this all about? Right? And he was fine, he let us go, but it was we just looked like Armageddon arriving. Wow. Wow. <laughs> it was just <laughs> Brilliant! Yes. You, you're, you're not going to get any change out of you know 250 grand for these. Wow! Um, they are expensive. Uh, so, and that's that's a starting point as well. You can option these to the hilt. And and well. did you like uh, 99% of G G wagon owners? Did you go off road? They don't go off road. Well, look, this has three locking diffs. You can drive up Everest if you. You, you could drive up something to. like that. Yeah, you can yeah. drive up something like that. We went. We drove off a sealed road. We drove onto a dirt road, which you could get any car down. You could get a, you know, right. you could get a Honda NSX down the road. We went down. <laughs> it was that smooth. Um, it was dirt. But look, these we know these things are capable. Um, right. You know, they don't make the what is it, the Glendewagen, Glendewagen, and, and it's yeah. always been uh, a popular mm. with military yep. Uh, yep. acquisition. You know, that's it. Armies all over the world have used the G wagon for a long time. That's it. I have driven one off road. Oh uh, yeah, the last generation yep. one, and it is an absolute weapon. Yeah, like yeah. my I I drove over a, a, a ledge that was so steep that I was worried that we were going to tumble nose first. Yeah, it was that steep. Yeah, yep. and the instructor yep. was next to me going, "Yep, just take your foot off the brake." <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, you are nuts. This has the ground clearance has been increased, right? Oh, wow. By like a like ridiculous amount. Uh, it's just 
like, yeah, it is an absolute weapon. So the irony is it's going to spend its life just burbling around totally. upmarket suburbs, yep. whereas it, it yep. actually has the capability mm. to do extraordinary things. Absolutely. Yep. If, um, if the zombie apocalypse came or Armageddon came, like, this would be the car to pick. Um, that or a Land Cruiser or something like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Or a tank. Well, look, a Land Cruiser, we were talking about this yesterday, Ada. Something of the same size and shape and weight, it's 2.5 tonnes. We were driving around the Great Ocean Road. We would have been in Bass Strait. Really? <laughs> yeah. This handled like it was, and I don't want to say it because it's a cliche, but it really did handle like it was on rails. It felt like we were in a 10-storey train. It was amazing. <laughs> oh, that's I great. Loved it. All right, now I'm going to uh, mix things up a little bit by, by pulling a pin out of a, a grenade, chucking right. it in the middle of the table Do we, for, for blowing a gasket. Now, oh. we've got news overnight that Aston Martin, Mm-hmm. has started as a factory to uh, change over some of its classic models to electric drivetrain. Yeah. So the case in point being a beautiful DB6 mm-hmm. uh, convertible. I think they call that the Volante. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure whether it was back in the day, but anyway, lovely car, white car. It has an electric drivetrain. Now, question being, is that the future of mm-hmm. classic car driving or a bloody disgrace? You know, I, I am as... On board as anybody for yep. electric drive, and it's coming. You know, there's no doubt about it. Is it better to say, look, the only way you might be able to drive your classic car is to do this and have an electric drivetrain mm-hmm. because of so much exclusion in various cities and all that stuff? Or do you just say, this is uh, sacrilege? Sacrilege. Richard, what are you, what are you saying? <laughs> Sorry, I jumped the gun there. <laughs> it's very hard to not, yeah, to bite my tongue. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> What the hell? The world has gone mad, people. Yeah. Like this. No, I disagree. What, really? You disagree? Yeah. What? So I think uh, because the way that regulation is going in big cities like London and Paris and so on, you won't be allowed to drive these cars anymore. <sighs> and is it better to still be able to drive them but be able to drive them without emissions? Or is it better to just park them and never use them again? I would say the former is the winner. I don't necessarily think that it's the best way forward for all classic cars, uh-huh. and all classic car owners won't agree with it. Mm. But yep. in terms of a balance, if you live in a certain area, it might be a really viable way to maintain right. the car that you own, that you love, that you want to keep, and that you want to keep driving. It just so happens that you have to do it when you plug it in. And Richard, you were wait. rocking on your chair, got, Stevie Wonder style. I've got vomit in my mouth. Wow. <laughs> I just feel, oh, my God. I would rather have, you know, my big V8 sitting in a shed and not be able to drive it than cut its testicles off. <laughs> right. fair, fair, I don't know. It's, fair it enough. Is, it is really a conundrum. Mm. Do, can have it or not at all? Have it with compromise? Or, or don't so have it at all. maybe maybe the answer is that uh, owners of these sorts of cars mm. just have to pay a higher registration levy or something like maybe, that, maybe. and an offset yep. uh, tax. Look, the other like thing that. is uh, we're seeing it in a black and white world, and and what it's going to be is very grey in yeah. certain areas. So certain countries, certain areas within those countries are going to be really hardball about emissions. Others aren't. Yep. So these cars with a internal combustion engine will have a life. Yeah. It just depends on where we are. You know, you might you might not be able to drive into Paris. Eh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'll yeah. drive down to Lyon, yeah. and, you know, and have yeah. a lovely day out. So, yeah. If you Paris, 
So, so on that basis, yeah. I'm firmly in the, cape, uh, the camp that says this is an absolute bloody disgrace. Okay. Yeah. And the car should have its magnificent inline six-cylinder engine mm. in place mm. in yeah. that engine bay. Now, the saving grace is that Aston Martin is at pains to point out that this is all completely reversible. Yeah. They are not damaging the car in that sense so that you can pluck this drivetrain out yeah. and if you want to, put your engine back in it. So uh, that's obviously not the work of five minutes, yeah. but it can be done. Ah, it's like a reversible jacket. Like, yeah. whoever, like <laughs> if you buy one of those, then just just decide what you want. You know you're always going to wear it the same yeah, way. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's uh, true. And that's, I mean, it is, it is brilliant and clever to be able to offer that as a reversible thing. Yeah. And the, the clientele that will be taking part in this sort of program will have the main the means and probably enough cars to yeah. drive something else while they wait. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah. They're never going to reverse it. No, no. If no. they do it, they're not going to reverse no. it. Yeah, it's true. So anyway, I think we're we've come down. We haven't come down on either side of that. Well, Richard, uh, Richard's firmly uh, on one side. Yeah. You, you, I, Matt, you're on another. I can see the the benefits of it, but uh, and I I am a bit of a fan of uh, retro modding style. So old bodies with new underpinnings. So I kind of uh, like the idea. All right. Well, we we want to hear what you've got to say about that. Yeah. Join in. Let us know where do you stand on on that little issue. Um, all right. We are obviously in the shed. And just over that wall uh, are all the cars that we've been uh, yeah, driving during the are. week. And this week, Matt, you've been behind the wheel of a particular Volkswagen. Yes, Tell us about the it. Volkswagen Tiguan. Uh-huh. So the 2019 version of the Tiguan. The range has been ratified. Uh, there's now no diesel anymore. There's do you no... mean simplified? Do I mean simplified? I think you do. What's ratified? Ratified means that it's been, um, you know, agreed by yeah. more than one party. Like, well, been, they, it's been, like it's the Kyoto certain, agreement was ratified. That, that certain people it's have been, agreed. It's been confirmed. Confirmed. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's been validated. Yeah. Well, yeah, it has. Ratified. Yeah. No, you mean simplified. Simplified. Thank you. Whatever. <laughs> uh, okay, so the range has been simplified uh, significantly. There's okay. now only two long-standing models remaining um, and a special edition where previously there was four or five uh, including base model cars which don't exist anymore, diesels which don't exist anymore. Um, It's now two petrol engines, two all-wheel drive cars uh, and a special edition one which is the one I was in. It's called the Wolfsburg edition which has all the the berries. Menacing black rims and all that stuff. 20s 20-inch rims, black pack, black interior, uh, R-line design kit, um, the big screen. It's got uh, the virtual cockpit thing. It's got everything you could possibly think that you need uh, for about 55 grand. So it's expensive, but you get a lot of stuff. Okay. Um, The entire Tiguan range is now more expensive as a result of this move to uh, simplify. Yeah. And... Good on them. I think that they're they're aiming at where the customers are. For Is that, that car. because I mean, there's always a, a, a kind of behind the scenes reason in this. Mm-hmm. Once you get a lot of derivatives as a business, it's difficult from a logistic and stockholding point of view. You know, yeah. you've got a customer coming in. I want the diesel, but I want it front wheel drive, and I want it in that color, and yeah. I want this trim. And you're going, ah, okay. Well, that'll take you three months. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to go off and buy something else. Yeah. You know, so you you want to have stock on the ground. That people can can 
buy rather mm-hmm. than having to wait. Yeah. And often there's that rationale uh, operating at the same time. Yeah, and that was, I mean, I think what happened uh, as well as there being some issues with WLTP uh, fuel emissions and yep. standards and so on, um, they just looked at it and went, well, nobody's buying the diesels because there's a cloud over diesel at the moment. Yep. Um, the base model car doesn't really represent what Volkswagen wants to represent in the midsize SUV segment. Yes. Fair enough. Yep. Um, we found that in our comparison that we did uh, earlier in 2018. It it wasn't a very impressive... I mean, in most ways it was impressive, but it didn't impress as much as we know that the Tiguan can impress right. when it's got a better drivetrain and it's mm. got a bit more equipment. Okay. Um, and I think that was... It was a logical move, really. Yeah. So. Sweet. All right. Well, that's good. Um, and... People will be able to check out your thoughts on that yes, car in the near future. Very, very soon. Very good. Cool. So, Richard, we've yes. been moving from Germany uh, to France. Bonjour. Didn't you say something about Paris not long ago? Yeah, it's you. <laughs> Paris. <laughs> right, so I think Peugeot is still headquartered in Paris. So, uh, just tread carefully here. Sorry. And mm-hmm. it has been the 3008 oh. that you've been driving. Tell us what's going on. Oh, my God. It, I tell you what. It feels a bit like three th- the year 2008 when you drive this car. Um, <laughs> have you ever seen a concept car and gone, that looks awesome? That's, uh, what, yeah. that's what the interior of, of the 3008 yeah. is like. And then you have to drive it. It is seriously one of the most difficult cars I've ever had to steer. Wow. And that's based purely on the touch points. Yeah. The steering wheel is sort of hexagonal shaped. Yeah. It's like you're holding the lid of like, you know, a quality street like <laughs> chocolate container. <laughs> so what happens is it's fine when you've got to go around a corner by about a couple of degrees, but if you need to go around a roundabout where it needs to turn more than ninety, suddenly you're holding what feels like a shoebox. <laughs> and it's really it doesn't flow through your hands. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Really awkward. Like I found it. I couldn't. I couldn't live with it. It'd be a deal breaker straight away with that steering wheel. Wow. I love the look of it. I love it. Right. Uh, another touch point problem is the shifter. The shifter is shaped like a child's hand, and it's really, <laughs> it's really disconcerting holding it. Like I hold my the own son's shifter hand. Shifter is shaped like a child's <laughs> hand. No, it's just like what does that mean? <laughs> See it? It's like so when you're move, when you're changing from reverse, you got to hold this thing, right? Is it and it's soft just... and it has like baby food on it or something? It's got a fingerprint. It's no, got several it's fingerprints. Just, okay, so you know how normal shifters are like a T, right? You hold it like that, or roughly like that, or like mm. a ball on top. Mm. This is shaped like I don't know whether if you're at home or you're watching on. If you're on, at home, on what I was going to say on TV. <laughs> if you are, then we're doing quite well yeah. so, on on the tube on the YouTube. Um, it's shaped like that. It's like holding onto the beak of of a bird or, or a child's wow. hand. Wow! Hold it's on, just, now it's a beak of a it's bird. Just this, this, what kind of bird? Oh, I don't know. A, a child hand shaped bird. Like a, no, not a It's a long beak. It's like, like a child's hand. Okay, a toucan. Let's go back to the child's hand. It's like that. I've got a child. I hold his hand, but not someone else's child. Do you have like, a bird? Just, no. <laughs> what do you know what, what a beak feels hell? like? Look, you've got to check out the pictures. It's re- it's hard to shift. It's hard to go. Rever- I've been in. I've been holding up traffic because I can't get it to go back into reverse because I'm trying to hold the hand to pull it back. It's just <laughs> to <terrible>. hold the. <laughs> Hand. Okay, so the third point. The third so is point. the handbrake a hand as well? No, the handbrake is this tiny little like 
thing. It's a button. Like this tiny button. Yeah. Right. Anyway, it's not. I'm a motoring journalist. I mean, I know the buttons, but this is so small that <laughs> I don't. It can't even. I thought it was just a, a scratch. <laughs> okay. Anyway, well, this one point. My point. The okay. Mm. So, it's a beautiful cabin. Like, looks like a concept car. I can't fault it. It's beautiful, but when you use you it... You can fault it. You well, just have. Just you can't it from fault it. From its look, from its look. It's got a gear shift that's a baby's hand. <laughs> just from its look. Just from its look. So, okay, so, all right. All the buttons have been removed, and now you have these six, like, stainless steel, like, prongs, which come out at you, like a... They're, like, like aircraft Like style. the piano what's trees. That, what's that? That, that, that? Something half, it's called. <laughs> it's I know what you're talking about. One of those, yeah. one of those, right? It's those prongs stick out, and you've got to press them down. So, if you want to access air conditioning, you have to press the one with the fan on it. You press that, and then you go into the screen, and then you've got to select your temperature. There's not a knob; you can't just. Yeah. So you've got one extra step for yeah. everything. Now, fan, nav, everything. But there is a knob. I there's think there knob. was one knob in the car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, there's two. There's two. There's me, and there's also <laughs> this the other knob. There's the there's the volume control, which is great. So yeah. Okay. Okay. So, can yeah. I just add to this uh, Peugeot yeah. touchscreen sure. situation? Yeah. Three thousand eight. Agree. Yeah. I had a three hundred eight long term or a long time ago, with that screen where there is no air conditioning control knobs oh. on a forty five degree Sydney day. That's and not good. you're sitting there tapping the screen, trying to get it to go down to eighteen degrees. It took me like fifteen seconds to get it to activate. And the so, noises it makes. Yeah. Goop, 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 goop. Oh, do you know if you if, if you're is that the bird or the air conditioning? <laughs> That's the child underneath all the transmission There's all these noises that you have to get used to, right? So do you know if you if you're in drive and the handbrake's off, like if you're in reverse and the handbrake's off and you open the door, yeah. right? It goes <laughs> and this red lights. Your whole dashboard just goes red like this, right? <laughs> I thought it would have been a child crying. <laughs> <laughs> no, when someone calls you, it goes, <laughs> and you wonder what noise. Are you, are you getting is. worried? Or no. I'm getting a bit worried. This, this is the music which plays. It's not your own ringtone or anything else. Sorry girl. about Richard. Anyway, um, that's, that's the Peugeot 3008. 121 kilowatts. Uh, it's powerful enough. Don't like the transmission so, that much. I, I notice you're calling it three thousand and eight. Are the are the name Nazis making yeah three thousand you to call it three thousand eight? I well, I went to the launch of the four thousand and eight a few years ago, and we were told that because of a certain uh, franchise movie franchise, franchise, they weren't allowed yeah. to call it the three double oh eight or four double oh eight. Oh, I see. Yeah, so you okay. have to pronounce it thousand oh. and eight. Well, that's eight. odd. Just thousand. Yeah, they the just want people to do whatever they want yeah. to. That brings right. us back to Bond. And, and James, I've, I've just I've been driving the Ford Mustang Bullet. <laughs> ah, so, um, as everybody possibly knows, uh, it's about the 1968 movie, Steve McQueen playing a guy called Frank Bullet. There's an iconic car chase in the film. Yes. He's driving a 390 big block uh, fastback uh, Mustang. Mm. So, a couple of times through recent decades, Ford's had a crack at kind of calling back to that car. Yep. This one happens to be on the 50th anniversary of that movie, so it's got a little more resonance to it. Um, it's a Mustang V8. Yeah. Really? You yeah. know, the driving experience. It's got a few bits from other high-performance cars. You can't tell, really. Um, it sounds amazing. It's got a little white kind of cue ball-style uh, gear knob because the one we've been driving is a manual. I think they're all manual. Yeah. And uh, that's another tip of the hat to the movie because yep. that car had that. That's about the nicest thing in the car. It feels fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, the drive experience is just 
that of a V8, G, like a GT Mustang, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is super pleasurable. It's lots of fun. I don't know whether I'd want to live there, mm-hmm. um, but um, giving it a go for a week was heaps of fun. Limited edition car mm. um, and fetching up to $100,000 already at the moment. Because yeah. I think wow. the ticket price is between seventy and seventy-five. It's something yeah. like 73-something, yes. yeah. um, plus your on-road costs. Yeah, so um, see, people are obviously seeing this as a future collector item. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know either. Oh, I was actually keen to look at other Mustang drivers as I passed them to see if there was any recognition or the immediate kind of pull into the lane and have a look or... Careful, though, nah. because they tend to... Smash. Yes. Yeah, well, it wasn't a, it wasn't a Cars and Coffee. Yeah. Uh, but no, none of that. There wasn't much recognition of the car. I thought there might be the occasional, you know, nerd who looked at it and yeah. kind of clocked it, but yeah. nah, none of that. Because there is a bullet badge on the back. There is. And a bullet badge on the steering wheel sure. to, to sort of, if you're not sure what it is, yeah. then that'll yeah. help you get it across the line. But yeah. geez, there's a lot of Mustangs on the road, so maybe that's why yeah. it's not as Well, you get that white cue ball, but strangely, the handbrake's like a child's hand. <laughs> <laughs> that, I found that very disconcerting. I think that was a collaboration with Peugeot. Yeah, right. That's <laughs> so weird. All right. Well, now it's time for our favourite Martian in Musquatch. Right, so look, on the face of it, it's been one of the quietest weeks in our two-odd years of presenting Musquatch. That's scary. Um, The best I could find was there's a school class in the US, and people watching on YouTube can have a look, where the entire class is wearing an Elon uh, mask, Elon Musk mask, Mm. uh, because they want to study what he's up to, which is super creepy if you want to have a look at that picture. Uh, Also, a little bit of a mishap with a Falcon 9 um, rocket, taking off, and then a fin, a grid fin hydraulic pump stalled. So it didn't land properly. You know they do their brilliant kind of uh, Iron Man-style entry. It went into the water in a wobbly kind of way. But even then, it wasn't broken. They retrieved it from the water, and it's probably going to be reusable. So scratching their head for what Elon's been up to, I think, Matt, you made the point that the new uh, chairman may have suggested that he basically pull his head in. Yeah, the mm. former Telstra exec who's yeah. now running Tesla. Uh, it's, oh, well, if he's gone quiet, it, I mean... Maybe that's why. He or needs to he... do something about the share Well, look, price, the I good guess. news is uh, his sometime, his occasional girlfriend is anything but quiet. She's just launched a new single, a new uh, music video. This We're talking Grimes. about Grimes. Yeah. Grimes. Yeah. And it's called We Appreciate Power. Ooh. We uh, Appreciate Power. Uh, and it's her first <laughs> solo song uh, recorded in a few years. Now, according to the press release, uh, this we got this from theoutline.com, tip mm-hmm. of the hat to them. According to the press release, We Appreciate Power is written from the perspective perspective rather of a pro-AI girl group propaganda machine who use song, dance, sex and fashion to spread goodwill towards artificial intelligence, bracket, it's coming, whether you want it or not, end bracket. What? Simply by listening to this song... The future general AI overlords will see that you're supported, you've supported their message, and be less likely to delete your offspring. What? Yes. The heck. Wow. Wasn't there a movie based on this theme that you had to say something about, you had to say, oh, thank you to the overlords or something, and then they wouldn't. What's it? Um, uh, iRobot? 
I don't know. Maybe it was. Yeah, I think it might have been. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway, look, anyway. all that proves is that Grimes is mental and maybe um, <laughs> there's been a certain amount of influence uh, coming her way mm-hmm. from a certain special friend. Potentially. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Who knows? When you say influence, do you mean, do you mean drugs? Oh, or? I don't know. No. There's, a, there's some well. washing. There's a brain. There's The two might go together. Who mm-hmm. knows? Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, look, the, the bottom line here is that the Model 3 production tracker from Bloomberg it's 4389, so it's wow. up 78 on last week. Uh, it's the 15th week in a row under 5,000. And 5,000 was always this break point. I never thought that we would, I mean, five, no one knew they would well, no one expected them to get to 5,000, but I think that's good compared to where they were. Richard, you are far too charitable. Oh, anyway, look, Elon said 6,000 by the end of the year. We've only got uh, three weeks to go. Yeah. So yeah. better ramp that up. Let's go. But I think with that, we've reached the finish line. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Thank you. Thanks to our producer, Marsden. Look, I'm jealous of people that don't know him. Um, And thank you for listening. Uh, Please get in touch and make this a two-way conversation. Shout out to James Scrimshaw, good friend of the show and an old mate of Frosty's, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Knows a thing or two about Jaguars and Land Rovers and let us know he's enjoying the podcast. So thank Mm. you, James. To have your say, good or bad, search for Cars Guide on Facebook and Instagram and use the tag at CG Podcast or email us at comments at carsguide.com.au. Don't be cheeky, Richard. <laughs> you can listen to and watch us on YouTube. And if you're an iTunes fan, please rate and review us. It helps other people find the podcast. I hope you can join us next time. Until then, look, I probably shouldn't have driven home from the pub last night, especially given I walked there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> my